0: Join the BU movement. Go to BUMVMT.com to get your membership today. Are you ready to be you? Let's go. What is up, BU movement community? My name is Brooke Emery. I am your host and the founder of BU movement. I come on in all of our podcasts as one of us who is also on the path of learning and growing, and today I'm going to feature a top wellness professional focusing on the both physical and mental side of wellness, and I'm so excited to introduce to you my good friend, Michael McTate, who goes by Tate. Tate, who's, hello. Tate is one of the first US based Wim Hof certified instructors, also known as cold exposure, a meditation facilitator, and bodywork and human development specialists. Obviously, Tate has. An amazing skill set and a lot of different talents. But today we're gonna focus on cold exposure, which I'm super excited to get into. So Tate, welcome.
1: What's up? What's up? Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to come on and share a little bit of knowledge and experience that I've had with uh yeah, getting into the cold. Freeze.
0: Hey, freeze. If you hey, if you are not watching this. If you're not a member, make sure to join so you can check out this gear so you can see where it says freeze on his shirt. (laughs) So Tate, I just want to start by uh, getting to know what influenced you to start your journey with cold therapy. You have an amazing background and I just want you to just take the lead and introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, so uh, my name's Tate. I uh, live in northern Colorado with my wife and two beautiful little girls. Um, my main focus is I homeschool my two kids, and then on the side, I teach Wim Hof Method. I uh, do one on one training, public workshops, and uh, body and energy work. And the cold, how I got started with the cold training is like a lot of people, is through suffering. Uh, if you haven't noticed yet, suffering can be a great form of motivation. And in, I guess it was about 2009, 2010, I was diagnosed with an L5S1 annular tear in my lower back, a degenerated disc in that space, it on my sciatic nerve, and I've got about a 15% grade scoliosis from that. And I just kind of got to a place of not really wanting to be alive. I was always in chronic pain. I just, I didn't want to be here in the meat suit doing all of this uh, human experience stuff. I was just kind of over it. And the pain can just drive you to some dark places mentally, physically, emotionally. And so I'm, you know, long story short, I was part of a stem cell research program. I did all of the recommended Western therapies. I took the pills. I did the physical therapy. And it just kind of got me to a point where uh, the quality of life was very, very low uh, for me at that time. With my interest and my likes, I'm I'm very active. I backpack, I camp, we paddle, we climb, um, just any outdoor activity uh, here in Northern Colorado we do. And um, yeah, at the time I just, I couldn't do any of the stuff that I love doing. And so fast forward through the stem cell research program and doing the physical therapy and taking the anti-inflammatories and the muscle relaxers and all the things, I uh, got to a point where the doctors were like, yeah, this is pretty much it unless you have artificial disc replacement or uh, a spinal fusion surgery. And those are very invasive. I'm not even 30 at this time when this is going on. And I just politely told them, no, thanks. You know, you can keep that. I'm going to go on my own path. And so that got me really into natural ways to reduce inflammation. If I'm taking pills for it, how can I beat this naturally. It really got me looking at my diet and my lifestyle, what I'm putting into my body, how I'm treating my body and its reaction to stress and its reaction to inflammation and all of the things that come along with that. So I got on my own path and thank God I did. I am beyond grateful for that. Those dark times and those years of pain, Um, you know, got me on the yogic path, got me on the Pranayama breathwork path, got me on the meditative path. Um, and so I'm as I'm going through this, I'm I'm hitting new levels, but I'm also kind of reached this plateau where it's like, okay, well, this is about as good as it's going to get through these other alternative measures. I'm doing chiropractic work. I'm seeing an acupuncturist. I'm doing yoga with regularity. I'm um, being very gentle on my body, um, but kind of hit a plateau, and that's when it kind of got a little dark, a uh, little.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: At this point in time, I've got kids, so I'm constantly bending over and picking them up and uh, getting them out of the car seats and you know, those things, and that it, it causes pain, and that just leads to some mental spaces and emotional spaces that aren't really productive or conducive to being in a family in a tribe. And so, um, yeah, I'm like taking stuff out on my family and kids that they don't. know. I'm just, and it's because of m- my pain, my that I've got that, going on, and so. I guess, yeah, at this time we're like 2015, 2016, my, 2016, my partner's like, look, something's got to give, like, I don't care what it is, but something's got to give. And, um, the guy that I used to train jujitsu with the very next day he hits me up, he's like, yeah, I know you've been dealing with this back pain thing. And there's this dude, this crazy ass dude from the Netherlands named Wim Hof, who's been shown <laughs> to reduce inflammation in his body, pretty much all of it, just by getting into cold water taking ice baths. So I'm like, tell me more, sign me up. So I dove in head first, listened to all the podcasts, read all the studies, everything that I could do, started taking cold showers regularly. Um, And it just, it completely transformed my life. I did about three months of like reading online. Uh, Then I took the 10 week online course that they, the old school 10 week course that Wim had. And that really changed my being. It changed my person. what I thought I could do before completely got blown out of the water. Uh, The mental, physical, emotional capacity and bandwidth that I expanded and showed myself was just, I became, I was a new person after that. And, um, I emailed the Wim Hof people. I was like, look, this is powerful medicine. Like if there's anything that I can do to help share this, let me know. They emailed me back a few months later and said, yeah, we're going to do this. Wim Hof certified instructor in the U S uh, here's the trajectory. So I did a weekend in Los Angeles with Wim and then a week long training in Granby, um, in 2016 and then yeah, became certified instructor and have quit my day job. Now I homeschool my kids and teach this on the side and been doing that ever since. And so when people are excited about this, I can talk about this shit all day. I absolutely love it. It's powerful medicine. Um, Love Wim. I'm not a fanboy. I mad respect, but I do this because mm-hmm. it's powerful, not because I get to hang out with Wim and get to train with Wim. I do this because it's powerful medicine. That's why I wake up every day and still do this training, because it is just absolutely one of the best things that I've done for myself, for my overall growth, and I've seen it trickle down with my partner and the people that I've trained and continue to train with. I just I see the growth uh, that it fuels every single day, and that's why I keep doing it.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And I I would want to bring back to the point where you mentioned that sometimes you have to hit ground zero in order to accelerate and in order to find your purpose and your passion and mission. And that's exactly how BU movement was launched. And that's, I think, what connected us. So it's so beautiful that to show that you can hit ground zero and come back 10 times better than you started. And I think that's a huge part of the growing process. So everyone out there who feels like they're injured, who feels like they have nothing to go towards or who feels like there's nothing left, there always is. So I think that's a really, really great point And so beautiful to know that you're never alone, you know, with that. So that's awesome. So taking it back to, Wim Hof, who, for those of us who don't know who he is, if you can explain who he is and then into what cold therapy actually is.
1: Yeah. So Wim is an absolute, incredible, genuine human being from the Netherlands. Um, he's an absolute stud is what he is. And uh, I've had the pleasure of training with him a few times and being around him in a personal setting. Mm-hmm. And he's just a very genuine, humble human being. He's a lot of fun. He's like a big kid, uh, to be honest with you. He's a lot of fun to be around. But what he's able to do and what he's shown in some of these clinical studies and not even the studies, but just physically what he's put his bodies through. I mean, at one point in time, I think it was like listed in the Guinness Book of World Records 26 times. Oh. Uh, longest long as <laughs> ice bath hour and 53 minutes. He's hiked up into the death zone, like 22,000 feet at Mount Everest in shorts and boots. he ran run a, let's see, a half marathon above the polar circle in flip-flops, or not flip-flops, but sandals and shorts. I mean, he's done some pretty incredible stuff. All things cold. Yeah, (laughs) all all the things cold. And actually, I think he did, um, I can't think of the name of the desert. It was like one of the driest places, but he he ran a marathon without drinking any water, just to prove that he could. Approve a point that he could also do deal with heat as well. <laughs> but he got the nickname the Ice Man. Kind of was known as a daredevil for a while, and then these yeah, people got very interested in the scientific community. How are you able to do this and not How are you able to thermoregulation? How are you able to maintain your core temperature doing these really cold uh, exercises? And yeah, stunts, so to speak, and. Um, so they started studying him i think it was 2007 at the feinstein institute in new york and just looking at how he's able to maintain his core temperature when in an ice bath for like 80 minutes right wow incredible amounts of time then able to like drop his temperature and then bring it back up without any external hot tea or blankets just from using his mind and his breath and his focus uh that got stimulated more interest and the the one that really got going the Wim Hof the the method um, for me was 2014 at the Rodbod University the study with the E. coli endotoxin Uh, they injected a control group they got sick normal you know temperature diarrhea upset stomach type deal Uh, they injected Wim with the same thing and he had a slight headache at the highest point of Typical symptoms, and he just basically was able to show his ability to um, manage the innate immune system's response uh, to this endotoxin from his breath and cold training. So they did it to him, but then, uh, you know, later on, let's see—I don't know exactly how much later on it was—but uh, they took 20 participants, and then 12 actually did the study. Just people in the area that were healthy. I think they took healthy males um, to see if they could reproduce what Wim did because they were like, Oh, you're the ice man. Anybody can do, you know, not anyone can do this. You're an anomaly. You're the ice man. He's like, no, no, I can show anyone how to do this. Wow. And he did. And from after that study, same results from that kind of launched the, as we know it today, the Wim Hof method. And so Wim Hof method being combination of breath work, meditation, focus techniques and cold exposure. So it's what we refer to as the Trinity, it's the Holy Trinity here. Breath has been studied independently, cold exposure has been studied independently, meditative, the, me- the consciousness arts have been studied independently. When was the first one that kind of brought them all together?
0: So you say those three again,
1: meditation, um, meditation. So yeah, meditation, focus, like the mental, right? Breath work, breathing exercises, cold exposure, cold training. Awesome. pillars of the Wim Hof Method. And today we're going to talk specifically about cold training, how it can help you, why it can be good for you, and how you can maybe get started in the game if you are curious and you have an interest in stepping into that world.
0: Absolutely. And then hopefully you can come back to talk about the other two because those are really important. Yeah, as very,
1: well. very, very important. They are so <laughs> important. Yeah.
0: So let's get into, on that note, so everyone make sure to follow B.U. so you can know and follow Tate to know when the next ones come out and also learn from him because he has so much to teach us all. But let's talk about cold therapy. What exactly is cold therapy? I know most of us are like, okay, it's ice, ice baths, or it's like jumping in a cold shower, but What exactly is it, how cold does it have to be? How long do you have to be in the cold, et cetera.
1: All right. So cold training is a type of hormetic or healthy stress that releases certain type of hormone profile that can make you feel good, a certain, uh, you know, positive, If we're going to refer to it like positive hormones. So similar to how exercise can be associated with those similar things, exercise is a type of hormetic healthy stress or eustress. Uh, Distress being the stress that we typically, oh, I'm so stressed out. We're going to refer to that as distress in this uh, segment. Eustress, the healthy hormetic stress is essentially at its core. What cold training is, is we're getting the body to adapt to function. In this specific case, we're getting the body to adapt to cold. And there's a multitude of things that happen that end up being very positive benefits for our for the meat suits for our physical bodies. So let's start with one. Um, you know, let's start at the top with a safety warning. If you've never done this type of stuff, um, afterdrop and hypothermia are a very real threat. So if you're just hearing this and you're like, you know what, I want to just pop off in a 50 minute ice bath because uh, I can, I would highly, highly Suggest slowing down, scaling that back. Um, safety warnings you don't have to do a lot. We'll talk about time and temperature, but you don't have to be in there for long
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and you don't have to be breaking records. Um, when you first get into the cold, and this is one of the first adaptations, is your veins close down. And this is vasoconstriction, veins are closing down. When you start to warm back up, then they start to open back up. So, you know, one just kind of healthy benefit to this hormetic stress is for the cardiovascular system, for your veins to learn that opening and closing mechanism, but you're doing it consciously going into these exercises, right? Um, So hormetic stress, it's all about getting the body to adapt. There's the physical components with the cardiovascular system and the veins opening and closing. There's the physical components of the dopamine and the potential oxytocin and the norepinephrine and some of these positive hormones that you get hit with and the epinephrine or adrenaline that goes into your body. Um,
0: And that happens when you hit the cold.
1: uh, Yes, usually, but it depends on what type of cold you're playing with. So, So what does
0: that mean exactly?
1: Yeah. So the cold, the shock of the cold, the sheer, right? that can have a big impact on your body's physiological response. So an example being, if you're turning the shower dial on cool, but you're still able to go through the motions, you might not be getting that full spectrum of benefits to where you're getting out of your comfort. It's all about really your individual comfort zone. Great. So it's getting out of your comfort
0: zone that enhances that. Um, For
1: everybody. I'm not saying you have to go jump into, 35 degree water right now. If you've never done this cold shower on its coldest setting, it might be exactly what you need for a little bit to get going in the game. Um, But there's that aspect of the, you know, those are some of the physical benefits. Some of the mental benefits come along when you, when you start talking about that, because being able to consciously put yourself into this stressful situation and to not go right into that panic shiver process that your body innately wants to do and start the regulation that was Yeah, Shivering is your typical first line of defense. Ah! You want to, the way that I approach this is being, finding your calm in the chaos. And that is a level of focus that you achieve through practice and through this specific practice, because the cold is going to require at 1000% of your attention, or you're going to be very cold and you're not going to be able to hold it together. You're going to go into that exercise like a king or queen, and you come out like a queen or, king or queen. You're in complete control the entire time. And there's a certain mental aspect component of being able to hold your focus and hold it together in that time of stress that relays to so many other aspects of life. So there is that mental component. There's the physical component. There's so many different aspects to just this one hormetic health stress exercise that we're, we're putting our body under.
0: Um, Just the coolest thing ever that you can get a mental component in this as well, because it makes, in my mind, it makes you tougher and it makes you being able to focus on that one thing to center yourself. So no matter what comes in your way or what obstacle comes in your way outside of the cold exposure, whether it's work, whether it's personal or throughout your life, you're able to tap into a whole new level. Do you find that that has helped you?
1: In every aspect, there's not an aspect that that focus that I have attained now that has not helped me be it with my kids, be it with my partner, be it within doing something like this, I am able to just completely, totally absorb myself into whatever is in this present moment. And I've done I've cultivated that through this regular cold practice with 1000% I do other things too, but this is a huge catalyst for for that aspect of my life and for me to be able to know that I can go in, you know, give me a check, give me a checklist, give me something to do. I can plow through that, you know, give me some, I'm, I can focus 1000% of my energy on one single thing. And that, that it comes in handy. So, so many times we talk about multitasking a lot. Um, for me, that's just a good way to half-ass do a lot of different things, mm-hmm. to really get something done and really give is to be total and fully committed into whatever that I'm doing. And the cold, the beauty about the cold is that i don't want to say it forces that, but it f- forces, it makes you get into that space, especially when you're playing outside your comfort zone, inside your safety zone. Again, we're being smart and safe about this. But when you start playing in that world, you have to be fully present. You have to be fully focused on your breath and being calm and being relaxed. And when you get out, I don't the, my approach with this is to not, get into your towel and hurry up and put your warm clothes on. Now you're going to stand and hold it. And you're going to warm up naturally for several minutes using your breath, using your mental focus, using visualization techniques. It's a process and to be able to hold your focus for that entire process, not just I'm in the cold and then I'm out of the cold and then I can go back to regular, to be able to hold that as a trained mechanism. um, I mean, it is, it's invaluable. It is absolutely invaluable.
0: That's amazing. I mean, I I can understand and can really get the picture of how much focus you need in that cold. And just to be able to take that and relate it to other aspects in your life, I mean, that's irreplaceable. Absolutely. So, yeah. So along with, like you said, coming out of it and basically just taking your surrounding area and not putting it putting a towel on to make yourself warmer i want to back up into the actual temperature you mentioned that it just really depends on your body it depends on what gives you that shock factor and how cold is too cold
1: yeah so great 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 question so for Time and temperature, I'm gonna refer everyone to Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She has a cold stress report, cold shocking the body. I cannot, if this stuff resonates with you, I cannot recommend, uh, last time I checked, it was a free download from her website, and diving into this, it's like a 29-page report, and it goes into all of the science, all of the numbers. <clears throat> her and her Say her name again? Uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick.
0: Rhonda Patrick.
1: Yeah, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. And it's called cold shocking the body. It's the cold stress report. And she had, like I said, she's had it as a download on her site and
0: I'll put it in the links.
1: Yeah. I cannot, yeah, I can send that to, I can't recommend that enough, but if you're just looking at it for a high level, if you're just starting in the game, you just need to be getting out of your comfort zone. And by that, I mean not going through the motions. If you're, if you have the shower dial on as cold as it'll get, and you're still in there thinking about your upcoming trip, to Spain and your bills that you've got to pay next week and your upcoming meeting or whatever it is, you're not, the cold hasn't snapped you out of it. It needs to Mm. be something that is just nothing else in this world matters, but you being present and right here in this moment, because if not, you'll start to shiver and shake and you become a wreck. Again, the ask is that you're calm, collected through this entire process. And for you to do that, you have to be focused and but you'd also have to be getting outside that comfort zone because that's where the magic happens. Because it switches you to not be able to think about anything else. You're forced into right now. You're forced into the present. Again, forced, I don't like to use that word, but you have to be here now. You have to. And no other option. Yeah, there's no other option. So if you're just getting started, if you're listening and you're just getting started in the game, then I, I typically recommend cold showers to start. And you can even do what's contrast shower, hot, cold, hot, cold. Don't worry about the temperatures right now. You just need to get into doing it and you need to get into getting outside of your comfort zone. Get to where you can for five, 10 minutes, cold only, and let the cold just hit every part of your body and you just sit in there and it become a meditation and you just breathe and relax. It doesn't matter how cold it is right now. Just get in the process of doing that. Now, if you've been in the game for a little bit and you're looking to step it up, maybe you've got a home unit, um, a, Converted chest freezer, or you've got um, something else outfitted in your garage that you've got insulated and making ice. If you're if you're there, then the studies that in Dr. Rhonda Patrick's uh, what I'm citing here is that for temperatures below 40 degrees Fahrenheit, water temperatures, time can was around 20 seconds, 20 to 30 seconds, and you're getting a two to three hundred percent increase in norepinephrine levels. So I'll say that again, 40 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 seconds, 20 to 30 seconds, 200 to 300% increase in norepinephrine levels in your blood. And what does that mean? Norepinephrine is a stress hormone that's associated with, it's like a, a time delayed stress hormone, if you will, as opposed to adrenaline or epinephrine being like a right now thing. Norepinephrine is more of a time lapsed. It's associated with mood, it's associated with focus. Uh, for my intent purposes, it's um, associated with uh, inflammation and the reduction of certain uh, hormones and molecules that produce inflammation in the body. Um, so there's that pain and, and inflammatory response component to it as well. And so there's a, there's a multitude of positive benefits. You can look for days on that um, online of just the healthy benefits of norepinephrine. And so we're getting this from a healthy dose, not from an outside, outside source. Um, and it's our own. So our body's going to be able to deal with it. Um, and so not long is the answer if you're playing in really cold water. Now in this study, once you get up to 57 degrees Fahrenheit, Mm -hmm. this is probably going to be a little closer to what you're getting, um, out of the shower, just a, a typical shower. Um, full-body immersions were like an hour and that was increasing norepinephrine like 500%, like five-fold in this study. Wow. For an hour, 57 is still not warm. So, you know, you think if you dial that back to 30 minutes, then you're about that same, you know, 250% increase in norepinephrine. I mean, I don't know if it exactly works like that, but a little bit longer when the temperature isn't as cold, if you're looking for that same uh, scientific benefit. Now, I'm one that's going to tell you, I don't really mind that stuff. I just do it for the, the benefit of getting into and out of and keeping it together. I don't really mind too much the temperature, the time. I'm getting outside of my comfort zone every single morning. I'm for, not forcing, but I'm going through that process to get myself ready. Cause it's not just like, oh yeah, I get to go do this every morning. I have to have that talk like, all right, here we go. You know, I'm going to go out, jump out of this ice water in my garage. It's 35 degrees, especially in the winter when it's 20 degrees outside and all I want to do is lay in my hoodie under my covers and just snuggle the rest of the morning, I'm up doing this. And so you've really got to be connected with your why as to your, and if your why is stuck on like numbers no, i have to do it for this long, you might be a little more apprehensive to do it. And you just need to get into the process of doing it. So use the time and temperature to be like, okay. This is where I'm at, but if my, if I can make one recommendation, don't get stuck on that. The magic is in the doing. So if you can just start turning that shower dial on cold, if you can, you know, if you're already there, maybe start doing an ice bath occasionally. Go to a natural lake or an alpine lake or a river that's moving cold water, and just connect and be with nature out there, and 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 do this practice, um, and to not get so bogged down with the times and the temps, but it is there The all the numbers are there. The science is there. You don't have to break world records to get any health benefits from it. Um,
0: yeah, right? If you're playing in
1: really cold water, you don't have to be in there that long. You know, when so, I'm doing workshops, I typically let people flow into it, but you know, we're getting into really cold water. Um, and I would rather see, so here's one for you. Instead of doing one five minute dip, I'd rather see somebody do five one minute dips. Show me that you can keep your composure going in, coming out, hold your shit together. (sighs) Okay, yeah, I'm good. I can do that. And then go back in for another minute. Hold that. And then come back out. And then, okay, how do I feel? I'd much rather see that. Because anyone can numb up going into the cold. Your body gets numb. It's like any other body part. And then you can stay in there for as long as you want. It doesn't matter. Right? That I'm not really you're not really getting there. Especially if you're getting out and you're shivering, freezing cold, you've lost your composure. And that's a whole, you know, part of that is keep controlling that composure, keeping in control the entire process and owning it. And when you learn to own this process, there's not many processes that you can't own.
0: Wow. Say that again.
1: Once you own this process, there's not many other processes that you can't own. Slam dunk.
0: There we go. (laughs) Hey, so. What is too cold? Is there on a safety level? Yeah, there is. is. Too Absolutely. cold is their yeah. length.
1: It's length. I mean, temperature. I don't, Yeah, unless you're working with like Raynaud's syndrome or like a severe heart situation, um, you know, maybe keep it a little. It doesn't have to be 33 degrees, just above freezing. Maybe you're not knocking out the ice to like get the benefit. Um, but it's really it comes down to time more than temperatures in most cases, especially for people getting started. It becomes too much when you're shivering. You've lost control. So if you're in a cold exercise and you start to shiver, you need to get out as soon as possible. Start doing some cardio to warm back up because you're gonna have to warm up from the inside out.
0: Okay, so that's a really good tip. So if you start to shiver in the that's cold, get you you out immediately. And so now
1: because the work is going to start, if you, if you're playing in this world, then you know this, the game isn't really in the cold. It's once you get out and can you hold mm. it together because the, the adrenaline, the nor, it starts to wear off a little bit. And it's usually people get cold when they leave my workshops. After they leave about 30 minutes, they come down Their their stre- The level comes down a little bit. Their adrenaline comes down a little bit. They think that they don't have to work anymore. And so your body's the hypothalamus Says, Oh, everything's fine here. I've got my warm clothes on. I can open up my blood vessels and everything's good. Um, so it's really coming out. And so if you're shivering in the cold, you got a lot of the work coming ahead of you. So you need to get out immediately and start that process or it will, um, it'll be a big zap of energy is what it'll be. If you're in the cold and you come out and you're doing your warming techniques and you start to shiver, not as don't go back in, right? You've probably reached your threshold here and then you just really need to focus on warming back up. So with my approach, I'm gonna get in the cold, then we come out and then we're gonna continue breath work, visualization, meditation techniques. I typically, if you're in there for one minute, you need to be warming up for at least four or five, like a four to five times post cold training of you focused, warming up naturally. Uh, Wim does this little thing called horse stance. Um, Use your breath, the pranayama breath, kabbalabhate. Breath of fire is a great one here. Uh, The visualizations with the, the traditional Gatumo meditations of visualizing light or fire going into your belly. These are all just tools here that you can use to try to warm back up as naturally as possible. If we're talking about too much, what can happen is that after drop, the veins in your extremities in your body is going to close down when you're in the cold, vasoconstriction. and then let's say you rush back out and you don't let the body warm up naturally and you put your layers on and you turn the heat on in the car, whatever it is that you're doing, sit in the sauna. Um, if you're not adapted to that, then the hypothalamus is going to scan and be like, oh, the threat's gone. It's not cold anymore. You can open back up and then in an afterdrop situation. All of this cold blood is cold in your extremities, and then the veins open up, and that mixes with all the warm blood that's in your core. And so you're immediately going to get cold no matter how many layers that you've got because your blood is cold. So from a too much standpoint, if you ever feel that shiver, you need to, you know, your body is, you've lost that point of control, and your body is telling you, hey, we've got to do something, you know, sh- Shivering thermogenesis. That's your first line. We typically play in the non shivering thermogenesis side. But if your body's sending you that signal, you've already done too much. You've gone too far. Now, now start the warming back up process. And cardio is a great way to do it. Jo- do some jumping jacks, do some push-ups. You need to warm up from the inside out
0: as much really, as possible. Really, yeah, really, really great tips. And I definitely, on the next episodes, I want to talk about how you have this focus and center that mental and emotional level within when you're in the cold and also outside of it to help yourself get back warm and grounded. I want to, I want to have two more questions. If, if, if that's possible. Yeah.
1: That space you're talking about, that's my zone. When I get to my zone, I mean, you, you know, you can't fuck with me in there I'm (laughs) and that's a great space to have to be able to call that up when you want it. Yeah.
0: So y'all better come
1: back. One more thing about temperature. Um, yes. At the body wants to maintain 37 degrees Celsius core temperature, 98, whatever it is in Fahrenheit. Um, when you're getting into 40 degree or colder water, so like freezing water Mm -hmm. body can drop one degree Celsius per minute. So if we're just looking at this high level, two minutes, because you can get down to like 37 before we get into like a hypothermic after drop state. So two minutes would be the maximum, especially if you're just getting started and not trained in water that is at or freezing, like 40 deg- degrees or below. Okay. Uh, so two so minutes max.
0: Two minutes.
1: minutes. If you're just getting started and you're doing a full body ice bath, you would not want to go over two minutes. My recommendation is that you don't even have a timer that you get in there, take a few breaths, get out, and then start working on warming back up. Don't even get like, just don't make it a that game where I've got to push so much. It's not a competition. And if you get into this competitive with yourself, oh, I've got to do it for this long. When I first started, before I went to the academy, I thought that if I wasn't doing a 15 to 20 minute ice bath and shivering my face off for an hour when I got done, that I wasn't doing it right. And that's wrong. That's that's that can actually be detrimental because you're burning so much glucose and so much calories trying to get back um, to being whole. And it's zapping of your energy. Really, really great to
0: know, because for those of us like me who are extremely competitive, don't don't go there. And it's actually not healthy. It's so why? Yeah. So both of us being boxers, we get it. So when we when you get out of the cold. You don't want to put on, you said a towel to warm yourself up. You want to use the space around you. Why is that?
1: For me, it's maintaining that focus one and two, and probably more importantly, or as important is letting the body warm up naturally to come down from this. I'm not saying that you can't towel off. I'm saying don't huddle into your towel to try to get warm. It's not a blanket. You need to learn to use your breath, to use your mind, Got it. Use your focus. Cause you might be in a situation sometime that you don't have the ability to have that luxury mm-hmm. where you're just with your breath. You're just with your focus. You're just with your mind and you've got to pull yourself out and warm yourself back up.
0: Absolutely. So I want to ask one more question and this has been so knowledgeable and, and such a great podcast for everyone who's just getting into it. So thank you so much. Okay. My last question, which I want to leave off with is, Benefits. So I know you mentioned inflammation and obviously mental toughness and emotional. What other benefits physically or mentally are there by doing cold exposure?
1: Yeah. So there's the inflammation piece, which that's that's what got me in the game. Mm -hmm. It's it's stress management. It's once you learn to deal with this stress, you'll notice that other stresses, they just melt off because they're not as important. It's not as serious your mm. body knows it. This cold stuff can kill you. And it, and it knows that. So it gives you, that's why it delivers that level of hormone to be able to let you deal with it in the manner that that we, that we, that we practice this, the bills and stuff like that. It's not going to kill you right now. So it gives you a a little bit lower level,
0: It's mm. not just
1: high body, you know, that, um, that's adrenaline and that norepinephrine that you get when you do a really, really cold ice bath. Um, awesome. that's, you know, that, that, that's one of the bigs, but you've got, you know you're recovering faster. So for people that are into the performance world, um, that inflammation is going to help. Oh, one thing yeah. on the inflammation: um, if you're strength training, you want to put at least a three, two to three hour gap between your strength training and your ice bath. Uh, when you're doing weights or any type of strength style, you're you know ripping your muscles up, and you need a little bit of inflammation for them to ideally. Uh, repair and grow back bigger, which is the, the point in that that type of strength training So if you're just doing running or jogging or some type of cardio Feel free to do the ice bath after your exercise if you're doing strength training or weight training Save that for at least three hours after I would recommend doing it beforehand And then after you've done your warming techniques and you feel good You can use that energy that you just got from the cold to fuel your exercise
0: and your workout Okay, so I want to repeat repeat that that's really great. So if you're doing cardio you should jump in after and it's no, okay. You should, you could. You okay. Would you suggest doing it before? Um, I like doing it before because I get
1: a fresh dose of energy from it and I feel good and I'm focused on, you know, whatever the task is that I'm doing, whatever the training is that I'm doing. So I, I, I wake up and start my day with breath work and cold training and that's what starts my day. Um, and then I use that to generally fuel my movement and my whatever movement exercises or strength training exercises or flexibility mobility whatever it is i'm working on the day to fuel that and then it also helps me to get a little little warm um warming back up even getting hot uh after after such an exercise after doing the cold training so it's yeah it's a nice it's a nice balance to that
0: okay awesome and then if you're strength training you could do it before you still warm up. But if you want to do it after wait three hours, at
1: least three hours. And Dr. Absolutely. Rhonda Patrick has that in her cold, shocking cold, cold stress report. Um, but other, other benefits. I mean, I've got a little thing here. Let's see. Decrease pain, improve sleep.
0: Oh, improve sleep.
1: Yeah. Well, you start to work in those, those hormones. I mean, most sleep is regulated by melatonin and, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a hormone. And so with, the cold really allows you to become the alchemist of your chemistry. It, it, it helps to move you along in becoming the alchemist of your own chemistry. But you're also getting stressed during the day and then your body shuts down at night. It's like a natural process of like, oh, I had this very stressful thing happen today that I had to deal with being the cold. So now let's make sure that I turn on the melatonin to get some good rest. Um, lower blood sugar, improve mood. Again, that's just the hormone thing. Creativity. Controlling the nervous system. Um, so I talked about the innate immune system response. I want to spend just a minute real quick talking about
0: Absolutely.
1: the cold and when, uh, when to do it when you're feeling good versus not good. So it does help in the innate immune system's response and the inflammation. And these are all fantastic buzzwords, etc. cetera. Um, but a lot of people get that confused with, oh, I don't feel good. Let me go take a cold shower, do an ice bath. One of the worst things that you could possibly do. So, when you do the cold in the level that we do and how we train and practice this, again, being in a calm, controlled manner, etc., your body is going to give you that hormone adrenaline, epinephrine. And that's an intense right now happening thing. And that is going to shut down your body's ability to produce inflammation and pain in that moment. And mm-hmm. it's just an evolutionary mechanism that we've developed. So imagine ancient man walking on the trail, They've got a broken leg and they're hobbling along with their family and then a bear comes out on the trail. You're going to forget that broken leg for a couple minutes and you're going to run like Usain Bolt to the next tree, whatever it is, to get to safety and you're going to find that safety. And then your leg's going to go back to being broken, hurting like crazy, but there's going to be a brief period where you, what broken leg? No, I'm, (laughs) doesn't matter. It's the same kind of deal. So when you get into that cold, it's all hands on deck. This is the only thing that matters to your body is dealing with this this stress, this hormetic stress that you're putting it under consciously. And it gives you adrenaline. And so when you get that adrenaline shot, it's going to shut down that inflammation markers, the side of the inflammatory cytokines and it's going to shut down that pain temporarily. Um, which is why it's awesome for people with autoimmune diseases and things like that. It can give your body a reprieve from attacking itself. Um, and then when you come, the, the system comes back online, it's look that you're getting flooded with white blood cells, which are a protector cells. So this is how we keep our immune systems balanced by doing this cold training However, very important part here. If you don't feel well and you think that it's a, an external, you know, pathogenic bacteria, bacteria from outside of you, not just some like, you know, I drank too much wine so I have a hangover and don't feel good. If you think that you've got something external inside your body that your body's dealing with, the last thing that you want to do is pull your defense down, pull your guard down. And that's what you're doing when you get into the cold. Right. The adrenaline is going to shut down that system that makes that inflammation that fights these things off. So don't do that. So breath work, drink some hot tea, get some rest. Um, And it's also an expenditure of energy to your body to get you to warm back up naturally and to get your body, um, you know, back to a homeostasis after doing, especially if it's like an, a more intense ice bath and you're really you know, pushing out of your comfort zone. Uh, it could just be taxing uh, from an energy standpoint. So just be mindful of how you feel. Be very real with it. If you're doing it consistently and regularly, if you don't feel good, just take a break. But if you're just hearing this, and, oh, I'm Wim Hof and he's never gets sick. And oh, I don't feel well. So let me go do an ice bath real quick. Worst thing that you could probably do.
0: Right. Okay. And I want to, I want to clarify feeling well, meaning internal illness versus a physical muscle injury. Yeah.
1: It's, it's more so a bacteria, something that your body is fighting off again. I'm more, I'm more in the terrain theory than the germ theory, but if you are on that, if it's, if you feel like there's especially like a bacteria or something that your body is fighting off from the outside, not just, I I drink again, I'm I'm hungover and I don't feel well. Like that's, that's a little bit different than I think that I might have strep or something along those lines. Right. So just be mindful of that. But yeah, if you have, you know, a a knee that's busted up the pain relief and the inflammatory um, management of that is going to be great. So yeah, absolutely do the cold. So it's more so just like a a sickness, a flu, cold. Um, Again, something that you think is from out there, inside of you that's causing your body to not feel well. Don't do the cold then.
0: Makes sense. Well, this has been so informative and so helpful, Tate. Thank you so much. I want to finish with one thing. Well, two things. One, if you had one piece of advice, you mentioned a lot, but one piece of advice that they can take away at the end for anyone who's listening, who wants to try or get into cold therapy, what would it be?
1: I want to give you two because they're, they're, they're awesome. Um, One, Wim shown the ability to increase metabolic activity 300% just by looking at the ice. So if you're about to do a cold training and you haven't done it before, start your focus before you go in. Start to train that focus muscle I'm going to be calm, I'm going to be collected in here. So start that before. Then, now this is the key for when you're going in. When you go into the cold, especially if you've never done it before, when you go in, inhale and hold your breath very short period just until you either fully submerge in the water or if you're taking a shower, you've got your whole body wet. It's not a how long can you hold your breath. It's just a short hold of your breath to prevent your body from gasping. Your body is going to want to, as soon as you get into this cold exposure, gasp. <laughs> and that's going to inhibit a panic state and you're not going to be able to be calm. My ask is that you're calm. So to help mm-hmm. induce this calm, get into the water. And then just breathe very calm and slowly once you're either settled into a full body submersion or if it's, if it's cold air you've just kind of gotten settled or if it's a shower you've gotten it all over your head and your back and your arms and just everywhere. Make sure that it's hit everywhere and then just start breathing naturally. And What that's going to do is prevent your body from gasping. You can't gasp if, you, if you're full of air.
0: Awesome, thank you, thank you so much, Tate. So look at the ice and then focus. hold your breath, focus, and then so you don't go into a state of panic. So Tate, where can they find you? Where can they reach out to you? How can they work with you?
1: Uh, chilledoutwellness.com. I don't really update that site, but it gives you the gist and then you can reach me through that uh, my email breathe at chilledoutwellness.com. I do one-on-one sessions. Public workshops, uh, one-on-one sessions can be virtual also if you're not in the Northern Colorado area. Um, and yeah, if you're into this, I'm happy to dive deeper into it with you because I've been doing this for years. I love talking and sharing uh, when it resonates with people about this stuff. So yeah, hit me up, breathe the chill, out wellness if this vibes with you.
0: Thank you so much, Tate. And I'll put all of that in the show notes. Thank you, everyone, for being a part of the BU movement community, for joining, for listening. Make sure to follow us at T.com. Instagram is BUNVMT. And I can't wait to see you on the next podcast. Become a member, sign up today. And once again, thank you, Tate, and Tate for joining us. Thank you. Oh,